Welcome to another episode of Technado. I am just one of your many hosts. And before we get started, I do want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of Technado, ACI Learning, the folks behind IT Pro. And just a reminder, if you want a discount on your IT Pro membership, you can use that code Technado30. Once again, I'm Sophie, just one of your hosts. And of course, I have, I don't know, what would you call me? Maybe an elf because we're in the Christmas theme and then Dawn is our Santa Claus, maybe? I would not say that. Oh. I would not say okay. that at all. Oh, well, uh, now I'm just disappointed. <laughs> yeah. All right, so just Don, just regular Don. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it is the not holiday season. <laughs> Daniel's cracking open a cold one. Oh, yeah. uh, it is it is basically December at this point. We can put Thanksgiving behind us, uh, although all the stores have forgotten about it already anyway. Uh, but we're excited. We've got the set decorated. We've got... Uh, uh, we got presents, so we'll talk about that later. But uh, <laughs> but before we get to any of that stuff, we have the news. That is true. We do. Also, Daniel, I love that you opened your can right next to the mic for the <laughs> ASMR <laughs> effect. Thank you for that. What are you What are you drinking today, Daniel? Oh, that's none of your business. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. No spon- No free sponsorship. Uh, no free sponsor. No, I drink Monster. I'm a Monster fanatic. These things. This segment brought this, to you by. <laughs> this will kill me one day. I'm sure. Probably, probably. Yeah, but that's okay. With a smile. Kidney stone. Oh, is it gallstones? Kidney stones. I heard it causes it? like like increases uh, a seven hundred percent increase in stroke. Okay, that was a statistic I read for for regular uh, energy drink uh, drinkers. Hmm. Okay. Well, so if you're a <laughs> if you're a really cool energy drink drinker, then that yeah, doesn't apply to you. Just if you're regular. I'm just a totally social fine. energy drink drinker, so I'm only like two hundred percent increase. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. I'll have to take up Drinking Monster, and we'll, yeah. we'll do a little experiment, see yeah. what happens. So like Don said, we do have some <laughs> uh, some gifts laid out here, and we'll, we'll probably come back to that and give you some more information on that a little bit later. But in the meantime, peruse the table when we go to the wide shot and see if there's anything you like, because you might be able to win something. But more on that later. We're going to go ahead and jump into our news, because that's why you're here. We'll go ahead and jump into our first article from Ars Technica. This one says, Google Chrome will limit ad blockers starting June 2024. Now, I feel like this is not the first time this has come up. This is a returning issue, right? It was like they, they yes. said this was going to happen, and people were kind of upset, and they let things cool off, and now it's like, well, this is still happening. It didn't go away. Yeah, you know, we're, we're in an interesting world right now. And I, I made a comment last week on the podcast about Reddit, and and I, I want to revisit that a little bit because if Reddit is like one of the top 10 most visited websites in the world. So I think most people are familiar with it and it's supposed to be open communities. You can go and post whatever you want. And they had an API and third party apps could connect to it. And so a lot of people like like me, I used a third party app when I went there. Uh, but Reddit makes their money on ads. And a lot of the third party apps like the one I used didn't show the ads. And so it was directly hitting their bottom line. Well, with the economy taking its downturn turn, and with all of the, you know, like the stock market not performing well and so on, a lot of the holding companies that invest in in the technology we use, they're coming in and saying, no, nah, you know, it's, it, it's time to turn a profit. And so Reddit flipped the bird at their customers and, or users, not necessarily customers, <laughs> and said, we're, we're disabling all that. No, no more third-party apps. You've got to use ours. You've got to see the ads. We're going to force that on you. Uh, and there was a revolt, but after a few weeks, it kind of died down, and now Reddit's back to the way it was, except no third-party apps. Everybody has to see the ads. Hmm. Well, it looks like Google is kind of taking a page out of their playbook, which is people aren't going to be happy about this. They, they weren't last time, but Google backed down last time. This time, it sounds like they're not going to. You know, you have to remember Google makes their money on ad revenue. That's, that's how Google makes their money. All the other stuff they do, like G Suite and Google Cloud, um, whatever their virtual reality crap is called, like all that <laughs> stuff doesn't make them money. They, even the Android phones don't make them money. They make money off of ads. And so they're, they're stepping in and they're saying 
ad blockers by nature are security nightmares. You're sharing your web history, all the URLs you go to, you're sharing with some unknown entity and, and it's not safe. Uh, but the reality is you're, you're blocking the ads that they make money on. Uh, and so, so you're, you're, you're trading one security issue for another. Yes. That's what they're saying. And I, I would and say they're, they're a better security issue than your I, ad blocker. I would say, you know, for me, yeah. the internet has become almost unusable in its native form. Correct. Right. You know, your whatever default search engine you're on is abusing you. <laughs> and, <laughs> and when you go to a web page, like a news site, it is too hard to tell an ad from a news article. And yeah. when you go to social media and stuff, it, it's just, it's not designed to be user friendly anymore. It's designed to present ads. And so I, I kind of feel like you you pretty much have to have an ad blocker to have a decent experience on the internet today. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I mean, the fact that they're gathering so much, I, I almost feel like, and, and you guys weigh in on this, is every now and then I get the idea that I, I would I would just feel better if we went back to a, hey, pay me 10 bucks a month for all all Google services that or, or this level of Google services, and then... You know, there's a nice little handshake involved. I know what you're getting. You know what I'm getting, and everybody's happy, and that's how you're making your money. I, I, I would, I would prefer that instead of all this like weird, shady behind the scenes kind of yeah. gathering information. Free, but not really free. Forcing advertising on me. I mean, and a lot of times, I'll be honest with you. So I got little kids. Some ads are not safe for children. I have just mm-hmm. straight up right. So you got to be very careful on protecting your kids from some of these really odd advertisements that are for adult things. Yeah. Right. So it's like, I can't control that, but an ad blocker allows me to have a much more controlled experience with that and makes the internet a little bit safer for me and my children. So it's like, we gotta, we gotta find some common ground and not just, Oh, you will do what we say. <laughs> yeah. Now I, I kind of agree with you on this, Yeah. except uh, some, some sites are offering that mm-hmm. and their pricing model is nuts. And I'll use YouTube as an example, right? So yeah. actually, for a lot of you listeners and viewers, you, you might be watching this on YouTube right now. Google has already cracked down on ad blockers on YouTube, yep. right? And so you get three strikes, and they get all fussy Puffy. with you. And, yeah. and and they want you to either watch the ads or pay up. And when I say pay up, as of right now, I just checked on, on my iPad that uh, as of right now, no Black Friday deals or anything like that. It's $18.99 a month to get an ad-free YouTube experience. Whoa. Nineteen dollars. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Right? I was gonna say that's like Netflix. It's more than Netflix. Yeah, and and I mean, you know, Netflix has their own problems, yeah. right? But but now that also does give you access to their like movie and TV library as well, right? It does not. It does not. No, no. That that's are the, you flipping kidding that's me? That's the ad free YouTube experience. So uh, that's th- all it does is remove ads. So huh. let me let me tell you what happened to me over the Thanksgiving <laughs> oh, break. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get all this framed up here. Um, so Thanksgiving. Yeah, I have my my in laws in the house, and and we're we're cord cutters, right? So we don't yeah. have cable service. Yeah, we don't have Dish do TV. Yeah. Uh, we do we do Netflix and Hulu right, and streaming things. services. We wanted to watch the Detroit Lions play. On Thanksgiving, right? They, yeah. they and Dallas, you know, they're the football games, the NFL games that play every every Thanksgiving. Right. Um, but we don't have live TV. Right. And so I was trying to find how I could watch it, and and I, you know, like Hulu, I get free through Verizon, and so I right, couldn't, right, right. couldn't upgrade that, and and there were other things I just couldn't find it. So I said, you know what? Let me do YouTube, uh, YouTube TV, and it was they were running a sale, like it's a hundred dollars a month. 
But $100 a month? But because it was Thanksgiving weekend, I could do three months for $58 or whatever. So I was like, okay, you know what? Fine. 58 bucks. I'll sign up. And You must and, have wanted to watch that and then game I'll cancel. <laughs> I, I, I really didn't. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a hockey fan. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. So I paid it. And then I was like, you know what? Maybe it's worth it because we'll get this live TV and the ads will be blocked. Right. Ads aren't blocked. Nope. Huh. Nope. If you want, oh, I, I need to back up my last statement. It was 72 bucks normally for the live TV. Yeah. And if you wanted the live TV and the ads to be blocked, that's a yeah. hundred bucks. Gotcha. And, and so that pricing is nuts. Yeah, that's insane. And, you know, I, I, uh, I, I just, these companies that are offering you streaming, yeah. they have to come up with a reasonable price because yeah, yeah. otherwise if you start adding this up, it's way more expensive than cable ever was. Yeah, that's insane <laughs> amount of money, man, because that just goes to show you how much they are profiting off of yes. you know, those advertisements, how much money that actually makes them. So here, here's what I've been doing lately because uh, what was it, a week or two ago, I guess maybe two weeks ago now, where they started, hey, we've noticed you got an ad blocker. You got three. Criminal. You, you, yeah. What do you think you're doing? And I was like, hmm. Right. So I'm I'm a Firefox user. I normally use Firefox, but I also use Brave. Right. So I kind of run those side by side. And I noticed that if I just copy and pasted the URL from where, because I'm like logged into Google in my Firefox, but I'm not in Brave. I stay completely logged out. Mm -hmm. And I just copy and paste and put in the URL and go. And there's it doesn't say nothing. Mm. It just blocks those ads. And I watch whatever I want to watch, and it's just a copy-paste. Yeah. And super hmm. simple. And I, I think you were around one time. I got so frustrated with Google doing all the ad stuff, like when you do uh, just a search for Google. Like, find me things. I don't want your list of bull crap. Mm -hmm. right? <laughs> Seven sponsored links at the beginning. I flipping links. Yeah. yeah. So I wrote a script. I figured out all the necessary components that were required for a get request to Google and their API to retrieve the links page, and then I regexed it to where it was only links, and I just clicked them in my terminal. So I just do my search from my terminal. It grabs all the Google links, and I just <laughs> click it, and it opens it up in my browser. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You got to get creative out there, kids. <laughs> so uh, the 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 moral of this, let's just get back to a point, I guess, <laughs> is I feel like, and and this is this is just my own perception, so this could be wrong, but I feel like Reddit just showed investors hmm. like you know if you're a private equity firm reddit just showed you like hey you can survive user turmoil yeah. and they're now pushing on organizations like google and netflix and so on you know netflix cracked down on user account sharing yeah right mm -hmm. they're really starting to look at their their accounts and saying how can we squeeze that extra dollar? What money are we leaving on the table? Well, and I mean, 2024 is going to be the year of that this is where capitalism kicks in baby you got to make an alternative that is uh, like a pay for service that is as good or as, at least comparable. Yeah. You know, that's hard to build up, but it's, it's got to start somewhere, right? Reddit didn't overnight become a success. They they worked and people were like, oh, yeah. this is useful, right? It took Dig really screwing up yeah, to make Reddit yeah. successful. And <laughs> this might be Reddit really screwing up and allow someone to come into that space and fill the void. Yeah. Right? So, uh, not this time. They, they've survived it. They, they have. They yeah, the storm. but they'll, yeah. they'll screw up again. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Don't worry. Give them time, right? If they're, we know Reddit yeah. for anything. It's their ability to really screw up. <laughs> yeah. Y'all uh, I love reading the comments on these, and there's like 300-something comments, and I would say probably half of them are just... I'm going back to Firefox. Join us at Firefox. Switch into Vivaldi. Switch into Brave. Man. So it's not. There's no like. People are just going to leave. It yeah. sounds like it. There's no. It's not like. Well, I guess it's worth it to. It's really not. 
it's just a matter of. I'm a Switch bra. I'm, I'm a Chrome lo- user. Loyal Firefox user since 2006. Yeah. <laughs> so. And you're a, but and yeah, you mentioned Brave too, right? And yeah. I guess Vivaldi's another one. That one I haven't I heard like of. Brave. Is Vivaldi a pretty popular one? Um, it's gained some steam lately just because it's an alternative, you know, something different. Okay. And is Vivaldi security focused at all? Is that, is that so what's up with that? Vivaldi, I, I like Vivaldi, yeah. although I don't run it on a regular basis. Um, do you remember Opera? Mm-hmm. So Opera got sold to a private equity firm mm. that turned it into like a gambling and crypto <laughs> service. <laughs> I, I wish I was making this up. That's a true story. Um, you, you actually bring up an interesting point. What what if instead of my my personal data, I let you have CPU cycles or something? We we gotta get we gotta get a little more into how we can work out. You're gonna make some money, and I'm gonna get an ad free experience. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, so Vivaldi sucks. One of the founders <laughs> or the founder of Opera yeah. said, you know, I had this vision of a great browser, not a crypto gambling <laughs> yeah. experience. Yeah. Uh, and when I say gambling, I mean straight up like Blackjack 21 kind gotcha. of gambling, yeah, yeah. casino gambling. Uh, and so he basically created a new browser, Vivaldi. That's the next step or evolution. So to me, there's there's no reason to run Opera anymore at all. Like right. Vivaldi is. It's, that's where it's at. Yeah. Oh. Well, oh. Just, just install it and see what it's like. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's good to know. I, I mean, if I'm switching browsers anyway, might as well just give right. it a shot. Yeah, you drive hurt. a bunch of cars, right? Yeah. See which one you like the best. Yeah, before I, before I pick one to take off the line. That's lawn. right. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, I guess if you're a, if you're a Chrome user and you're watching on YouTube, feel free to comment. Let us know how you're feeling about this and try to refrain from profanity. After this ad. <laughs> After, After this, this. yeah. <laughs> Sponsored by. We'll go ahead and jump to our, uh, our next article here. We've got this one, I believe from Slashdot is where we're pulling this from. And it says Microsoft celebrates the 20th anniversary of Patch Tuesday. So I don't know if you guys are are uh, recognizing this holiday, if you'll be ordering <laughs> cake or anything, taking the day off. I, I was surprised to see that it's been 20 years. 20 Because I, I remember when Patch Tuesday was introduced. And it, it's not like it was a challenger moment. You know, where were you when the when challenger exploded? <laughs> you know, it's not like that. But uh, but it really did change the way that we manage Windows machines. Mm. That that you knew like Microsoft was pushing out updates so rapidly, it was it was practically impossible to stay out on it, and and it, your machines were constantly rebooting. It was crazy, and then they introduced this concept of hey, once a month, if if you do nothing else, once right. a month, this big set of updates is going to come out, and and that'll keep you good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, it right. was, and that, it was and a big that kind change. of like was very helpful when it came to security and critical updates as well because. Those out of band, out of cycle, like, hey, uh oh, you know, something bad. Y'all got to do this now. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, well, now that's in the, the milieu of all the other things I have to do with updating as well. I wasn't actually aware of Patch Tuesday until one day they said, you are the update person. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. <laughs> you now have the keys to the WSUS server. And I was like, cool. What's this? Tuesday, huh? Weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it was around that same time they split up. They said, "For now on, we're not going to package feature updates and security updates together," which mm. is what they used to do with service packs, yeah. right? Um, and now we're going to split them up. So if you just want security updates, you can get them without borking base functionality in your system, yeah. right? Because uh, that was always annoying. They'd introduce something new or yeah. package a new version of Internet Explorer with a security update, and so and now your users break are, everything. Yes, yeah. yep. <laughs> So, uh, so you know, it was it was interesting way back then to see Microsoft look at it, look at it, and say we've got to do better with security. You think uh, it's like ironic that they they did this this haphazard update thing, 
right, back in the day, got people so used to it breaking stuff and causing issues that there was a, when I when I first got into like admining and I was like when I started started working with you, right, and real users, real everyday problems, you log into computers and it's running dog slow. I don't know if y'all know this, and I think it still happens to this day. That if you have updates waiting on a Windows system, your system starts running like total shiitake <laughs> mushrooms, right? It's very like, why is this jittery and why is this not working as smoothly as I'm, you know, you hit that update and you come, oh, yeah, it's fine now, mm. right? I don't know if they like plug in a memory leak. I don't know what's going on, but I tend to find that people were not installing their updates because they did not, they didn't want it to break something. They were, they were like, oh, yeah. yeah, updates. You mean the thing that breaks everything? I'm like, yeah, but there's also like security updates in there, and you, that's kind of necessary. Yeah, I I feel like on the security update side, Microsoft has done a great job. Yeah, and you know they really turn things around. They push updates out very fast, very reliably. For me, it is incredibly rare that an update breaks something when it's a security update. Right. I think their feature updates are a total debacle right now. Yeah. Like, but they <laughs> train people to like be distrustful of updates. Yeah. Well, for me, it's just they keep changing how they name them. Oh, right. Oh yeah, yeah. So they were like, we're gonna switch to this year followed by quarter thing. And they're like, whoa, no, 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 we'll do year and, and half. And so there's like the 23H2 update yeah. that just came out. Um, but then they started giving them code names. Like this last one is Moment Four. <laughs> Did I miss Moment One through Three? And what the hell does Moment Obviously. even mean? And yeah, it yeah. It, so you, you hear this many stuff, moments you've missed. Huh? You don't even know what you're getting anymore. <laughs> and so I I oh. am discouraged to do feature updates. Is uh, this a magic moment or <laughs> <laughs> so different and so? Could they, I wonder if they licensed that. That would be good. Yeah. Uh, it's unlike any other. <laughs> yeah. So I think they're doing well on the security side. Feature side's a mess. Yeah. Um, but hey, it's been 20 years since Patch Tuesday was a thing. It's and crazy. You could argue that Patch Tuesday's not really a thing anymore because they have that critical update cycle mm -hmm. that goes out not out of band, but can can release whenever they whenever. want. Yeah. Um, but it's still important. And it was a, an important moment in security history. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe they celebrate the anniversary the way that like we still celebrate some holidays that it's totally different than what the origin of it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So even if Patch Tuesday isn't really as much of a thing as it used to be, we we can still celebrate and acknowledge. Yeah, it's evolved. And, yeah, it's yeah. evolved along yeah. with along with the rest of us. So yeah, if, if you are a uh, practicer, I yeah. guess if you're I don't know what you'd call that religion, but uh, if, you're, if you're a Microsoft, a if you're a practicing Microsoft user <laughs> and you're celebrating Patch Tuesday, we'd love to know how how you celebrate that holiday. <laughs> We'll go ahead. Sorry, I've got my laptop down here today. We're switching it up a little bit because we have all these lovely boxes on the table. We'll go ahead and jump to our next article. This one comes from NeoWin. Microsoft PC Manager, parentheses, offline installer, 3.8.4.0 beta update. Am I in the right place? You are in the right place. Okay. Um, it, it didn't have a good headline. And, uh, <laughs> I uh, thought maybe I was reading an ad again. <laughs> no, yeah. Well, kind of. Uh, <laughs> so uh, if I had to give it an update, it would be Microsoft releases PC Manager beta. Um let me ask you guys a question. Yeah, I, I don't. I send the articles to you guys ahead of time. You but do. Prior I don't read to, them. But prior to this article, <laughs> had either of you heard of Microsoft PC Manager? That is a big fat negative. No. No. All right. I had heard of it in like a shadowy back channel of Microsoft TechNet uh, yeah. a while back, and and I honestly I thought it was like an April Fool's joke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it, it was, was real. That ridiculous. Um, and and now it now it's released and uh or it's in beta it's yeah. in public beta so anyone in the entire world can go and get Microsoft PC Manager now if you're a listener out there and you're wondering what the hell is this thing I'm talking about let me let me back up a little bit um, Daniel mentioned 
when a Windows machine gets an update and the update is like staged, but you haven't rebooted yet, sometimes your performance declines, right? Yes. But also there is a general trend where the longer you've had your machine, the slower it gets. And some people feel like that's just perception. You perceive it being slower, but usually it's not, right? Yeah. Your system starts getting junked up and, and you know that if you do a format and a clean install, it's going to perform way better than it did just an hour before, right? So, uh, so that's a, a real thing. Well, over the years, there have been a ton of nefarious companies that have created dodgy products that claim to speed up your computer, right? Um, CC Cleaner. Yeah. Um, what were That's some of the, the big, big one? one That's the big one. CC Cleaner. Yeah. Um, and there are a bunch of other ones. And and you will find people on the internet who will tell you, oh my goodness, that product is worth every penny. Yeah. It made my computer so much faster. But what they do is arguably not useful. Like, they apply your updates and restart. <laughs> they, they do. Yeah. Uh, they empty your recycle bin. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they clean up temporary yeah, files cookies and stuff like that. Yeah. They flush your logs, which is, you know, like a, yeah. a nightmare. Uh, you know, so they, they do stuff like that. They remove mm. old versions of drivers you're not currently using. And in theory, none of that stuff should matter. Mm. Right. But because windows is what it does, uh, it, it does seem to matter. And so these programs have persisted for years and years and years. And I always wonder what Microsoft thought about that. Hmm. You know, and Microsoft has never really acknowledged that this is a thing. They've never messed with companies like CC Cleaner. They just let that be. And that that's something that happens. Um, but I always wondered, like, if this really made a difference, wouldn't Microsoft do something about it? Hmm. And uh, so I just assumed it didn't make a difference. But now Microsoft themselves have released a product called Microsoft PC Manager. It's free. You can go and download it. It runs on Windows 10 and Windows 11. And it does the shady snake oil stuff that these other programs did, but now it's official snake oil. Well, I mean, that's kind of the Microsoft way, isn't it? Look and see what everybody's doing. And if it's popular, go, well, let's just, you know, put our own coat of paint on it and call it ours. Yeah. But it's free. Uh, it is free. Isn't that where Windows Defender came from? Was, was that Malwarebytes was killing them? And yes. yes. Right? So they bought, um, uh, what was the company they bought? Shoot. Uh, Everybody was making money on antivirus except right. for Microsoft. Except for Microsoft. And so Microsoft bought a company whose name I've forgotten now. Yeah. They were like, you know, why make our own? We'll just buy this other AV company. And then Again, they started. Is this the Microsoft way? Yeah. And they started upgrading it, and, and that's where we ended up. And uh, Windows Firewall, same thing. What was the what was the third party firewall everybody used to run? Um, oh, Black Ice. Black Ice. Yeah. 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 And and so they're like, yeah, okay, somebody else is making money on this. So I I guess in this we got, case. We can't have that. This is just. They purchased GCAD? GE CAD in 20, 2003. That's the only antivirus software I can find that they purchased. Um, that might be the company name, and I'm thinking okay. of the product name. Oh, yeah, gotcha. That doesn't okay. sound familiar. Sorry, to me, continue. But, I'll yes. keep looking. Um, but yeah, so they they uh, I mean they do this stuff. But in this in this particular scenario, it's just such a shady thing. Like these <laughs> these products, I've always felt like they've been around to bilk people out of their money. Right. Uh, Why do I need PC cleaner? Yeah. Or whatever the PC manager. It, just, it seems like the type of thing just that do it. the Geek Squad would sell you. You know. <laughs> that's that's a low blow dumb. we're gonna need you to keep the gloves up <laughs> yeah, all right, a, all right, you're right. take it, a point away next time <laughs> there are some very talented people at the geek squad i've met them um but there are plenty of nefarious it help people online no doubt no doubt. Who, who will just like empty your recycle bin and charge you 100 bucks for it and and i kind of feel like the microsoft pc manager is like that so anyhow if you now, want to get could, a look at could, it could microsoft argue that we're taking the power out of those nefarious people's hands by giving it to you for 
free, I would assume. They could, yeah. Is a part of the Windows operating system at this point? Yeah. It's it's Um, in beta. That's what they did with uh, defragmentation of drives. It's what they did with antivirus, what they did with firewalls. And so now is maybe this next step of, yeah, we get it. Your your recycle bin's a problem. We'll empty it for you. It's awesome. And I will say, like, (laughs) my... I, I... one of my main workstations at home is a Windows 11 laptop, and it runs very well. I, I I must admit, it for the most part, it runs very well. Every now and then, it gets a little laggy. Usually when I look down and I see that little restart wheel mm. with the updates already to apply, please restart. And I'm like, ah, that's literally when my, I'm using my computer and it kind of is a little not great. I go, oh, yeah, I got restart. I got to I got yeah. Windows updates. That's how I know. That's my first indicator of yeah. compromise by Microsoft. <laughs> well, I, I had a, this is probably unfounded, but I, I yeah. really did have some trepidation installing this software on my computer. Oh, yeah? I, I knew it was coming from Microsoft, but yeah. just because <laughs> I've been trained over the last, I mean, to really. To not trust that. Like the last 30 years, Again, right? This goes back to what I was saying about <laughs> the updates, right? They have trained you to not trust this. And so, now they're saying you need to trust this. But I did install it. <laughs> And and I will say I will say this about it, right? Yeah. That it didn't do anything that I couldn't already do on my own. Okay. But it was all in one place. Okay. So, so centralize the management. A little bit of value there. And and we we just saw that with Power Toys a couple of weeks ago where yep. it was all the same toys, but now we got a nice little dashboard, everything's right. in one place and so on. So maybe maybe it's the same team working mm, on the two projects. Be. I don't know. So it's like a, it, the the motivation to use a tool like that would be is just convenient. Yes. Yes. So you can do it all on your own, but it's easier to have it in kind of one little dashboard thing. Yeah. yeah. And that is helpful for the average end user. Sure. Because knowing where all those things are, that used to be how they tested you on whether or not you knew the mm. operating system was. Because yeah. you, get a you knew where that crap was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. I am the average end user. Yeah. So it's it would be useful to me, yeah. it sounds like. Because so. you, you just became a power user. <laughs> because you can use power toys and it, well, PC Use is a strong word. Yeah. Use is a strong word. I want to call well. it PC cleaner so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Windex for your computer. People are out there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, so this is, uh, it's not really uh, a huge, it sounds like it's not like, oh my God, this is a great new tool. It's more just like, okay, so this might be useful to you. It just depends on depends on the person. If you are the average end user, you might find some use out of this, but yeah, it's not anything really new. And you know, let me, let me give you an example, right? So it has a tool in there for if your computer's booting up slow, mm-hmm. right? And so it'll identify the programs that start when your computer starts up and it'll let you turn them on and off, right? Well, if you're on Windows 11, that's built into the task manager already. You can right. just go into your task manager. You can see your startup programs. You can enable and disable them. So it didn't give me something new, but it put it in a place where a non-skilled user could find it. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't, okay. doesn't Lenovo uh, come with stuff like that? If you buy a Lenovo laptop, like the Lenovo system manager or whatever it is it kind of does that as well so it it, it does but i hate oh it, yeah it, and i've been trained garbage. on this too yeah. right like i hate vendor software yes. like that yes. I, it's like thanks for the bloatware yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so so yeah we'll have to see if, if this is something that uh that gains some popularity let us know in the comments if this is something that you'll be downloading trying out maybe i'll maybe i'll give it a try see if it's useful to me and if it's something that i can that i can use but that brings us to the end of our tech articles for this episode don't go away though we have more security articles coming up next We'll be right back after a quick break here on Technado. Wow. Welcome back and thanks so much for sticking with us through that break. 
if I uh, if my calculations are correct, you probably just saw a promo for an event that we've got coming up and that is what these prizes are for right here. So we are doing something called Edutainer's Favorite Things where each of us has picked a, a device of some kind or a, a, a uh, just an item that we think is a fun. A stocking stuffer. Just a little, uh, yeah. <laughs> some of them, if so you've got a stocking say, that big, that's, uh, you are uh, a profiteering glutton. If there was a drone in my stocking, uh, that the budget has changed. So, yeah. so these are some of the things that we will be uh, giving away, and that is in just a few short weeks. I believe it is a Tuesday. It's going to be a live event, December 12th at 2 p.m. So we'll, we'll keep mentioning it as we get closer to the day. So don't forget, put it in your calendar, but we'll remind you if you need the help. But as we cut to the wide throughout the show, you can uh, peruse some of the prizes we got. Like I said, a drone up there. There's a video projector. Um, we also have a full set of backdoors and breaches, which I believe is, so I've heard, like Dungeons & Dragons, but hacker. So is that yeah. correct, Don? Yeah, it's a it's a tabletop game to simulate uh, like uh, incident response. Incident response. Yeah. yeah. So you know you are a company, and some kind of security incident has happened. You've got to react to it. It was created by the folks over at Black Hills Information Security. It's a lot of fun. If you search our YouTube channel, we played it. We actually had John Strand on to play it with us one time. Uh, they've done some serious upgrades since we played. Yeah, we, we used a digital tabletop last time, but uh, we got a cool play mat now that you can lay out and you have all the cards. It's They've done expansions and we bought it all. So if you, <laughs> if you win that one, you get the whole set. Spared no backdoors and breaches expense. That's so right. that is one of just one of the many things that you can win if you tune in to that live giveaway. And I, we, I don't know, there might be some trivia or something involved. It's going to be fun. We're going to have a good time. We're going to be right here in this studio. And it's, it's going to be a, a party, basically. So you don't want to miss that. But we know that you're here to hear more about security news going on this week. So we'll go ahead and jump into our first article. Sorry, I'm looking off to the side. I've got my laptop here. <laughs> this one comes to us from Bleeping Computer. It says... Critical bug in OwnCloud file sharing app exposes admin passwords. So OwnCloud was, I had not heard of this company before, but it's an sure. open source file sharing software, I guess? Yes. Okay. Yep. So, you know, there's a big trend right now with not not just individual people, but with large corporations and enterprises to go with cloud-hosted software as a solution or SaaS solutions uh, or software as a service solutions. It's hard to say all this stupid <laughs> marketing jargon. Uh, so, you know, Office 365, G Suite, thing, things like that. If I'm going to start a brand new company, I'm not going to bring up my own email server. I'm just going to use Office 365. We'll use theirs or Microsoft 365, whatever they're calling it this month. Or if I need to share files, I'm not going to bring up my own file server. I'll just use Dropbox or some other service, right? That That's what companies are doing. And even families, just individual people, like they're not going to set up their own. However, there are still stalwarts out there that say, you know what? I, I don't want to trust Microsoft. I don't want to trust Dropbox or Google. Who knows what they're going to do to the service? They might change the terms, you know, change the yep. deal like Darth Vader uh, next year. And I can't do anything about it because now they got all my data. So I want to run my own stuff, my own email server. I want to have web-based email from my own system. I, I want think to run Jason it. that works here does that. Oh, does he it? has his own email server. He like admins yeah. everything. Yeah. And hey, look, I, I have stood up countless email servers over the years. I've supported tens of thousands of users, uh, mailboxes. So I I know email servers. Yeah. I could bring my own, my own up, but it's just a pain in the butt. Dude, I don't want to deal with it. It's a lot it, of right? work. Yeah, because <laughs> you, you got to patch it and keep it up to date. You've got to add and remove users. You've got to manage the databases. You got to do backups. If you, if you just have it running on a server from your home and your home burns down, you need to have a plan for that. That's no bueno. And, and that's all stuff we don't have to worry about when we use a third party, right? But if you want to stand up your own systems, there's an easy button out there, and it's called OwnCloud. If you want cloud-like services, email server, 
web-based email, file sharing. So you can upload your files and share them with other people and they can access them. Uh, think of, of whatever services you get from G Suite, you can get an own cloud and it's completely free if you want no support, right? There's a community edition and you can run it. Like a lot of people will run it from a QNAP device or a, a NAS that they've got, you know, you can run from a Raspberry Pi and have your own server that you control and Microsoft and Google can't do anything about it. It's entirely <laughs> up to you. So some people like that. And for those people, boy, are they in trouble right now because OwnCloud <laughs> had a huge, it had three vulnerabilities come out. Uh, one of them, severe through the file sharing app an outside attacker can bypass all authentication and get the admin credentials to the system so that fully, sounds bad yeah <laughs> i mean it, it's as yeah. bad as it gets and it's being exploited in the wild so this is actively being exploited by threat actors right now if you have an own cloud system pause the podcast because you know you may well already be breached like you need to deal with it and that's that's a risk with running your own system. Yeah, with a CVSS score of 10.0, you need to assume compromise at this point if you are running this system because that's no bueno. Like you said, it's actively being exploited. You you need to go into the idea that, hmm, I should start looking for indicators of compromise. I should start definitely performing any of the mitigations that have been suggested to help stop this in the case of, fingers crossed, I have not been compromised so yeah, th this is this is pretty bad. And it, it was just that's just one. That's just one of the the vulnerabilities that they've discovered here within this week. The second one, CVSS score of nine point eight, and then the third one was uh, a little less severe, a nine point oh. So oh, just a nine point oh, just a nine point oh. Yeah, oh, yeah. What's a little nine? I mean, <laughs> in the land of tens that we've been <laughs> living in lately, people are like, oh, she's only got a nine. Thank God. <laughs> they are wiping their brows yep. at this point because, like Don said, it's actively being exploited in the wild right now. So let's see here. This first one, uh, the CVE is 2023-49103, received this maximum score. Apparently, you can just basically browse <laughs> to the admin credentials of your own cloud. So that's that's bad. Yeah, yeah. The, Sophie, Sophia's face says it all at this point. She's, well, just, she's now smiling, but she when I said that, she was like, oh. <laughs> I do it a lot when you yeah, like you just get slack jawed. Yeah. Because I don't oh, I don't believe it. Yeah. But yeah. it explains why it's got a score of 10. Yeah. It's bad. It makes sense. You know, in the early days of Hotmail, yeah. right? I mean, and when I say early days, I mean like 1995. Um, this was before Microsoft acquired them. They had a bug. You could log into your inbox and your email address was in the URL and you could change it to someone else's email address and you were in their mailbox. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like a wide open yeah. thing. That's called broken access. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and It's an OWASP. <laughs> and that was, that was bad because anybody could do it. You didn't have to be a hacker to do it. Well, yeah. this own cloud vulnerability, like now there, there are tools written to do it. You can do a Shodan search to find own cloud servers that are on the internet and you can hit them and likely pull that admin credential out of them. Like it does not take talent to yeah. be able to do it. And it's, it's a feature that you can just disable. So definitely disable that feature right now. I thought that uh, wasn't enough. I, 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 it's it's not enough. You have to disable a couple of things. Okay. Right? So the, in, in the article, it talks about disabling this feature. It's the config.php.php 
information in the PHP info. Shut that off. Oh, so that's they, what it was. Yeah. It, initially, people were turning off PHP info. Right. And that wasn't that's enough. That's not enough. Yeah. Right. You got to do all the kit and caboodle to make sure that this does not reveal that anymore until they come up with. Uh, I, I don't think they have a fix for it quite yet. Do they? they Did you read about it? As of last night, as of last they night. hadn't released a patch. Right. They are actively working on a patch for this. So it should be coming so, soon, but until then, go ahead and just shut those things on down <laughs> and keep yourself out of the weeds. Yep. Now, uh, some advice. If you are running an own cloud server, uh, you have to assume that any web access to it is is vulnerable and the patches aren't perfect yet. So you can follow their steps to disable some services, but what I would recommend is just... It, if you're talented enough to run your own own cloud and maintain it, you likely have a firewall. I think that's a yeah. fairly safe assumption. Uh, on your firewall, you just need to block all the web access for now. Yeah, and you can leave port twenty five open, so you still get incoming email. You know, you can you can leave your email service functioning as far as like sending and receiving, but block all the web services until they get a patch released. And it shouldn't take too long. It's already been a couple of days though, so you know we'll we'll see how long it takes. But this one's pretty bad. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And the, well, the other one, the 9.8, is also pretty bad as well because it allows an unauthenticated user to access, delete, modify information using pre-signed URLs. And if you, so, if you don't have a signing key, are, are you, you? You're probably not familiar with pre-signed URLs, right? Pre-signed URLs. So, like AWS, if I have an object in S3 or an S3 bucket that I want you, even though you're not a part of our organization or anything, but I still want you to be able to access it, and it's been it's been permissioned. I can give you a URL oh. using my credentials and you and it's time sensitive. Mm -hmm. You click on the URL, you can go and look at the resource okay. after the time a sensitivity goes over, then you no longer have access to it. Right. But in own cloud, you can use pre-signed URLs and the default is you don't have to have a signing key. So basically it's just open. So anybody mm -hmm. with that URL, which all I have to do is kind of brute force some usernames, by brute force usernames, I can find access to stuff. Mm. And that's not good, yeah, at all. So this is this is a this is a big nightmare for them. What about that uh, the third one that was you know just a regular even nine, so just a regular Tuesday basically. What about <laughs> yeah. that one? Yeah, so that one the, the insidiousness behind it is uh, going to come in the form of social engineering uh, phishing campaigns because what it allows to do is a subdomain redirect, and it doesn't validate that subdomain. So it just goes, hey, it wants to send you somewhere. I'll do that. Mm. Where does it want to send you? Ah, somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's awesome. Somewhere Make that, sure you fill in those creds when you hit there, too. Somewhere that ends in .ru. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know what? Well, oddly, it looks just like a sign-in page that you usually go to. So, so it's obviously right. I mean, so be sure to fill in those credits. <laughs> Don't do that, by the way. We're being very facetious. Uh, so just be uh, aware that you could be a staging point for a phishing campaign, a social engineering campaign, credential harvesting, that I, kind of thing. Actually, I think it's fine now because you can just run the Microsoft PC Manager. Nailed it. And, uh, uh, nailed it. <laughs> oh, Never mind. Forget this whole article. <laughs> Full circle. PC manager has fixed. This is also more facetiousness. <laughs> Do not listen to us. Dan Daniel's lying. He's on a Mac. He doesn't know. Yeah. What's a Mac? He doesn't know the greatness of, uh, of Windows. PC manager. <laughs> now, we, we talked about something. It was a week or two ago, and it was a similar situation where there were like three or four flaws that were you know coming out at the same time that were, that were in this article. And I remember you saying that it was a situation where maybe on their own they weren't that bad, but chained together, it was it was a huge deal, and it, was, it could be really dangerous. Mm. Is that the case here, or are these pretty bad just on their own? They're pretty bad just on their own. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm sure you can get creative and chain them together in some okay. way, shape, or form. But, but you don't have to. You don't to. have to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just go for that top 10 and go, yeah, yeah, I like this. I'm okay. logged in, baby. I got the admin um, credentials yeah. like at that point. I'm doing all the things. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was just curious. Well, like Don said earlier, I guess if you if you think this might affect you, maybe pause the podcast yeah. and uh, <laughs> go, go check that out. It's like we're running a newscast. Turn off your television now. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go ahead and uh, we'll jump into our next one. And I, I don't know, maybe it'll be a similar situation where you need to pause and go double check something. Probably not, though, because this comes from Ars Technica and it says USB worm unleashed by Russian state hackers spreads worldwide. And I guess this was something that uh, initially it, they, they, this group was known for targeting the, the Ukrainian government. And so they're not sure if this was accidentally it's now affecting other organizations or if this was intentional. They're just broadening their reach a little bit. So I've been I've been really curious about this and and Daniel, you probably have some more insight sure. on it. But uh, you know, the war in Ukraine is still happening. Like today, right now, right. it is still ongoing, but it's kind of easy to forget about it. If you, because they don't talk about it anymore. Right. So if you're if you're here in the US, now I mean if you're in Ukraine, oh yeah, it's every it's day hard thing. to forget yeah. about it, right? But if you're here in the US, we just hear about the Israeli conflict now, right? right? And, and what's going on in Gaza Strip? That's what's on the news. Yeah, if it bleeds, it leads, right? I, yes. Yeah. And so the you know the media by and large has forgotten about Ukraine. Well, also even even if that hadn't happened, so let's pretend that didn't. Let's pretend that Ukraine was still in the media every day. That war has been going on for. Have we hit the two year mark? Are we there? I we're definitely at like a year and a half. Wow, which is a long time for a. Uh, special police engagement or whatever. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> they never want to call anything so, a war anymore, do they? No, no. So yeah. too many negative connotations. Yeah. Um, so you know, I was wondering when this first broke out. It was like, oh wait, here's here's two cybersecurity like at the top of yeah, the game elites. warfare yeah. specialists. We're going to see some of the best stuff. But it turns out because they're they're both so active in cybersecurity warfare that they by and large, have just kind of reached an impasse. So we haven't seen anything truly spectacular. Uh, the, the internet throughout Ukraine is is mostly offline. They, they've switched to Starlink yeah. and, and other things to get around that. Um, so, you know, the attacks have been effective. But I thought, you know, a year and a half is a long time in the attention span of a hacker. And so for these hacking teams that have been trying to drive into Ukraine, they, they've already shut down the systems, are they getting bored? What are they going to do? They've got, they've got this chance to unleash all their tools, every special weapon yeah. at their disposal. And, uh, you know, that, that it's just kind of sitting there. So to me, it makes sense that eventually they're going to turn around and say, all right, well, you know what? Screw it. Let's just hit everything else we can. And I think we're at that point. Gotcha. Uh, and that might be the case. Uh, I, I did read that this uh, specific group is kind of known for their just like whatever attitude. And, doing whatever they feel like doing and being as noisy as they feel like being and just going after thing. I do feel like this is a bit of an incidental, maybe not accidental, but more incidental. Like when you have something like a USB worm, these things tend to find, I mean, so look at Stuxnet, right? Stuxnet is mm -hmm. always the prime example because it just, it epitomizes so many things about this type of attack. Like how did they discover Stuxnet? somebody's computer in a random area got got a malware sample. It's like it realized my malware or my anti-malware system said, what is this? What is this doing? And it sent a sample of that back to, I think it was Symantec. And Symantec's analysts went, what is this? What is this doing? It's not on anybody's computer in Tehran. It's on some Joe Schmo's computer in, you know, London or mm -hmm. wherever. 
and they see, oh, this is propagating around. We see this is being sent back. So these types of things, by nature, will just find themselves in various and sundry places. And I feel like that's probably what's happened here, especially with it being this type of attack. It just it's, it's going to make its rounds in other areas other than the intended target. So now we're seeing that, and it's affecting. If you look at the graph that they give you on this Ars Technica, the Ukraine is it's still way through the roof on where those samples are coming into virus total versus the other areas. But they are now starting to see an uptick in those other areas because it has made its way there, and it will continue to propagate because that's what these things do. Of course, now that we have good samples of it, you just got to have, I'm sure, your antivirus will, will get updated. Your EDRs will start to complain. Sure. Hey, I found this. It's no good. You need to do our due diligence on, like, why are we doing auto <laughs> auto run on USBs? Probably not a good idea. Uh, fun fact, I, I didn't see anywhere in any article that said this is how this initiates compromise. It just says once it runs, this is what it does. It looks like you actually have to click on a link file. I thought it was distributed by a USB key. It is. Oh, okay. But you have to plug in the USB key, and it doesn't run, it doesn't seem to, until you click on a, okay. a link file that looks interesting. And then it runs, and I think technically the only reason they're calling it a worm, and I could be wrong, I don't have all the details on this, is because it does look for other USB-driven devices by looking for a specific string in, in, uh, in a configuration file. And if it finds it, it can propagate and infect that USB all yeah. on its own, right? But that's only after the user initiates. I mean, so I think yeah. that's the technical thing that's pushing it into the worm category. But for the most part, this looks like a standard run-of-the-mill virus. You, you double-click, sure. it runs the stuff, reaches out to C2, and starts doing its thing. You know, again, like here in the U.S., it's easy for us to look at that and say, well, who uses a USB key anymore? That's a terrible way to propagate a, a worm. But in Ukraine, where the Internet is not functional for the majority of the population, I bet they're using USB keys for all sorts of stuff right yeah. now. And and think of uh, it, it's, it's still always been a, a great way to do a more secure transfer of sensitive information is to keep it on. Uh, you know, like an, a, a secure USB, and I actually hand it to the person that I want them to have it, and then they have it. Yeah. Because it could be intercepted, it could be found on my drive. I don't, I don't keep my USB keys plugged in, only to add the file to it and then unplug the thing, hand it to you, and then you, you, you get the idea. Like, yep. it can be a very secure way to transfer files using the old sneaker net. So maybe that was the the idea behind it. Maybe it's and it is going after it is espionage. Fun fact, I thought, wouldn't this be declared? So if if this USB device infects a U.S. government system and it is doing espionage, is that a declarative act of war? Because you're now attacking a U.S. government system. I found out that the only way, it, so espionage and acts of war are different. If you don't harm anybody, it's just espionage. If you harm somebody, then it becomes an act of war. So it's all about yeah. harm. I, I think we have a track record here in the U.S. Like different countries yeah. look at it different ways, but here in the U.S., the government has basically said it's fine for you to attack us digitally. Yeah, and and that's just it. Like you attack our utility grid, whatever. It's our fault, and yeah. and we'll you know make these companies deal with it. Yeah. Um. It, it sounds like I'm joking, but that is literally, literally the stance of the United says, States yes. of America right now. So, yeah. Yeah. Fun. 
Yep. Now I'm just depressed. And uh, and uh, I'll <laughs> That's do some what security news. Does yeah. I'll do some hard hitting journalism here. The uh, the war in Ukraine started 644 days ago, All according right. to Fark.com. So over <laughs> because they, they the, do a daily update. Yeah. Are they news guard certified? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. So there we go. So close you. to two years, almost. Just about right. Getting coming up, up on it. it. Yeah. Yep. Creeping up on it. Wow. No, time flies when Indeed. you don't know what's going on ever. Well, this is this is interesting to read about. Like you said, it's a it's considered a worm if a user doesn't have to take any action, right? But if a user has to Correct. click on a link, then you would think that doesn't does that technically not qualify it as a worm, or does it matter? I would think most people would not qualify this as a worm. I think it's a very loose uh, attachment to the worm definition that you could you could probably get away with calling it a worm, which our article has. I mean, on, honestly, who cares? Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Right? that's just a that's a tech nerd nitpick thing <laughs> yeah. to do right nerd. there. And that's and what we yes, do here. Yes, that's what is that is what we do. That's how you know us. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Don shaking his head. <laughs> God help us all. <laughs> <laughs> all so right, let's well, start a religious war over whether or not this is a worm yeah. or a virus. I, I get frustrated when people nitpick over words. Yeah, so the too. other day, I was describing a bug in some software, and I referred to something as a plugin. Yeah. When it was actually an extension. And the developer right. act like, acted like they had no idea what I was talking about. And I said, it's you like, are just on, being douchebag. willfully yeah. ignorant yeah, yeah, on you're this. Just, like it, you know, yeah. okay, so obtuse. it's an extension. You're being uh, obtuse. I, Not you, them. I, I <laughs> might have called him a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I knew the term willfully obtuse at the time. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that come to mind. And not... You know, <laughs> verbal penis. <laughs> so yes, it was a very frustrating experience. But yeah, yeah. It, there's no point in fussing over the words. No. It's just it, it is yeah, a, let's another just cyber fix attack. The problem, yep. man. Come on. I will not ask any more questions about the definition of worm. <laughs> there will be a banker's box on my desk when I leave this studio. We'll go ahead and jump into uh, the next article we have here. This one comes to us from the Register, and it says New Relic warns customers it's experienced a cyber something. So it's experienced a cybersecurity incident, but I guess not a lot of detail. And I feel like that's just now kind of the standard when there's like a, something happened, well, but we is, don't know what it is. This is step one, right? Yeah. In yep. the incident disclosure. Yeah. Something happened. We're just, we don't have all the details yet. All right. Uh, on this one, it, it's not the attack that I think is significant. It's right. not, you know, what's going on there. Or, you know, it's another company with a breach, whatever. Yeah. That's that's normal. <laughs> it's a um, day that ends in why. <laughs> what, what is significant here is what New Relic does. Are you guys familiar with New Relic? Mm -hmm. I, I am not. I, I know what they do now, but I wasn't before this article. All right. So in today's world, uh, applications are developed differently than they used to be, right? So yeah. back in the day, if you wanted a program, you downloaded an executable file and you ran it. And that executable file was a monolith. Everything ran inside of it. And, and that was that, right? So it was, if something went wrong, you knew exactly what process to look for in your task manager and so on. Fast forward to today where you have an end tier model. You have like front end web servers, you have middleware, back end database Just servers. A bunch of API calls to different services. Yeah. yeah. So your application isn't running from even one binary. It's running from like 10 different servers, maybe in multiple different platforms, and and you just have no idea what it's all interconnected and so on. So when an application starts running slow. How do you know where to look, right? Yeah, where not, is it running slow? Right. Yeah. And, Where's and the bottleneck? If it's spread across five different systems, which one is causing the problem? It's hard to, to figure that out. So what New Relic does, uh, and they do a phenomenal job of this, they make this great software where 
your developers, when they build your application, they're able to put hooks into New Relic, into the application at each of those layers. And so you can monitor for errors and performance at any point in your application. So if you are creating a cloud-based, you know, any of the, the new design, new architecture of uh, SaaS or you know, whatever it is you want to describe it as, uh, any application like that, then they give you that visibility that you've lost because everything's super complex now. Um, you know, then factor in like Kubernetes and stuff. Like you don't even know yeah. what hardware your system's running on anymore. <laughs> it's just so much mystery. Is it really your system at this point? <laughs> <laughs> they give you clarity and visibility into it. So it, it's good software. But if an attacker can compromise New Relic, guess what they just gain access to? Not just your web front end or not just a SQL injection on the back end. They just gain access to the whole architecture from, from the, the web UI all the way to the database on the back end. And New Relic is designed to run with privileges that mm. you know, let it see a lot of stuff. And if you've not configured it properly, it can actually write to stuff. And that's when the attacker is now able to get really deep into your network. And that's why we hear about these companies that come out and they say, well, we had a breach today. It only affected 50 users. And then a month later, like, well, it's actually a thousand users. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, no, it's, it's every, actually, it's every, all, yeah, users. all of them. Yeah. Uh, and it's because an attacker can use tools like this. Once they're in, if they can right. compromise something like New Relic, they can get so deep in the network that it's hard for you to see where they even got in the first place. Like it, it's just, it's a challenge. And so that's why the new relic compromise is so significant. Yeah. And, 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 and to their credit, they probably don't know quite yet where the heck they got compromised and what's going down. They very well may not have. Cause I think in the article, uh, what was it? Um, it was the register. They'd reached out to them and said, Hey, you know, what's the time frame on this? And what's uh, some, some basic questions Who's involved? It's just things that you think that they would know. They said everything we know has been disclosed in the in the security yeah. update, right? So they very well may just be in the dark now. Well, that's that's the best case scenario. They may know more than they're leading on, which they probably in some ways do, but it's not significant enough, or it's it's sensitive to release that information, so they're not doing that quite yet. So give it a couple of days, maybe a yeah. week, and we're we're going to see more come out. On the extent of this, very soon, I'm sure. I would say that the the damage done by this will be similar to the Solar Winds incident because yeah, you're right, it's a supply chain. Except Solar Winds was well established in the industry, and so like the U.S. government used it. Yeah, New Relic's a little more cutting edge, hmm. so that means the U.S. government doesn't use it, uh, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. Silicon Valley does. Right, and you know, so big tech is is hit Meta, hard. Google, Apple, like they all use New yeah. Relic, uh, and there there's similar products. If you're not familiar with New Relic. Um, there's Sumo Logic, I think is like the oh, number two in that gotcha. space. Datadog and, and Splunk are kind of adjacent. Uh, same idea though. Like mm -hmm. these systems, think Splunk. You want to attach that to as much of your infrastructure as you can. So if somebody compromises Splunk, that gives them access to to quite a bit. Not not saying that there's been a Splunk breach. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah. um, but that's that's how New Relic falls in this one. So I think it 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 will be significant. Yeah. Uh, and we'll, we'll learn more over time. But if you, if you currently use new relic, you absolutely need to patch it Yeah. where you have to be careful on this one is new relic normally falls within your developer and engineering teams, not in your sysadmin team. So you might be responsible for maintaining the servers, but not the application development. You might be running new relic and not even know it because it's, it may be that the agent is compiled directly into the executable that you're running. Mm. And so as a sysadmin, this might be invisible to you. Right. You got to talk to your engineers, make sure you know the software that you're using. And I think it's, it's, uh, we were kind of joking about this before about how 
this is like I said, this is stage one of the incident disclosure. Hey, there was an incident. What about Hum? What? <laughs> yeah. You're not telling me much about what the incident. Oh yeah. The incident. There was one. And I'm sorry. What? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of their modus operandi. Now we've seen it across the board. We've seen it yeah. all year that this is the, this is the new playbook. Just say nothing other than there was a compromise because that's, that's the bare minimum we have to do due to legal reasons. And then as, as little as possible disclose, well, we think it was this much use very noncommittal language, use very generic terms. And then, Hopefully we don't see in three weeks. It was like, oh yeah, by the way, it was a total compromise. They do that because three weeks from now, everybody's like, oh yeah, I already know about this. Yeah, and they don't pay attention to the details that come out later. So if you're a good security professional, you're if this is your technology, you are paying attention to this no matter what. Like you are following the story and refreshing your newsfeed hardcore, like nonstop. You're building a little mouse that just refreshes it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it used to be that when a company had a big security incident, they would lose customers, right? Yeah. It would hurt their public relations and so on. Um, now, I think people are far more accepting of it. Uh, because it's just, that's life now. It is. Like, everybody's getting breached. And it's got to be really egregious. It's got to be somebody somebody like LastPass, right. where, I mean, it was just complete negligence on their part. And yeah. they mishandled it like crazy, and they are losing customers. Uh, it's got to take something like that. But yeah. otherwise, companies know that if they can just drag it out... People get bored, other companies get breached, and right. they can move past it. That's it. It does seem like it's not so much about the breach itself. I mean, like you said, unless it was like, okay, this is totally avoidable and, you know, this is totally your fault. But it's more about how the company goes about handling it right. and dis disclosing stuff that will cause them to, to lose customers, I guess, in the end. So if you or a loved one has been affected by a recent <laughs> New Relic cyber incident, sucks. You're not entitled to financial compensation. We yeah, can't offer yeah. you anything. Uh, but we, uh, we don't uh, think that New Relic gives you mesothelioma. But if it does, <laughs> call Dan. That was the one. That was the one that popped into my head. Yeah. Was mesothelioma. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Entitled <laughs> to financial. Were compensation. you at Camp Lejeune between the? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, watch uh, watch this space yeah. in the next few weeks, That's and it. maybe maybe we'll have more information, and maybe we won't. It's just you know, for all like the ad block talk we talked before. We sure do know a lot of we ads. Know, yeah. <laughs> so Daniel, I I, uh, I did want to talk to you uh, before the podcast was over about your your expired car warranty. Oh, uh, it's about time. <laughs> and I, I need to get that undercoating redone. Yeah, that was a convincing delivery. You had yeah. me thinking there was like an article I forgot about or something. So maybe Don uh, should get into the ad business. You know, we could do a a lightning round. There were a couple of things that we didn't. That we didn't pick articles for because it's nuts. You know, last week we talked about OpenAI mm -hmm. yeah. and, and how it was a debacle and Microsoft was getting a steal. Well, OpenAI has effectively fired their entire board. They've hired Sam Altman back and they're creating a new board of nine people. Well, I thought new he was people. on with Microsoft. He's back at OpenAI now. Oh, like this a, guy's a weather vane. I'm man. telling you, that, that, that story is just nuts. <laughs> Flip flopper. Uh, what was the other one? Okta, the Okta breach that we covered a while ago. Yeah. They've now upgraded it from their initial report of it affecting like 150 user oh, customers. Hold on. Are we at this stage of the. Now, if you use their Workforce Identity Cloud, yeah. you were affected. Like every everybody <laughs> so who used Workforce Identity Cloud. Uh, so yeah, not not much more to report there other than yeah, it affected everybody. Yeah, uh, follow Daniel's model. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's a simple, simple Daniel's easy track. law. Yeah. Um, Daniel's so, razor. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So those were a couple. Were there any other micro updates that we had? I can't remember now. I don't know. I'm I'd joking about it before the podcast. Yeah. So look at the list. Been like an hour. Yeah, go back to the because uh, yeah, right. st stuff like that is like like the whole thing with OpenAI. It's like they hired him back, 
and yeah. they fire the rest of their board. And there's not really much more to say than that. No, n- next week it'll be he's fired again and he works for Meta. Oh, I did think it was cool <laughs> that TikTok uh, one. I, I thought that was a neat article, one about uh, OpenAI making um, Linux kernel run 30% faster or whatever. Oh, that was pretty I cool. Thought, like, let's, let's take the companies we trust the least and yeah. let them into the kernel. Yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Oh boy! Yeah, gotta right. gotta fingerprint look. authentication has been bypassed in certain laptops. And you know, I, I I thought about talking about that one, but yeah. did you see what you have to do to pull it off? No, I did not. Oh, you got to have like eight PhDs <laughs> to pull this thing off. It is a zero risk in my yeah, book. It's just um, not happening. But yeah, they were able to bypass Windows Hello biometric authentication. Which sounds mm. really bad. Yeah, it does. But oh my! Like Scotty on Star Trek could not pull this off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. no, much, no matter no matter how much power he gave it, maybe if you had like Scotty and Jordy yeah. and whoever they data. had another one, throw data yeah. in there. Yeah. yeah, like maybe. Yeah, now it you got happen. a chance. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I kind of like this. We should do this every week, where yeah, we kind of just briefly round. do a lightning round of like all the stuff that we that we were that we talking pick. about covering, but that we didn't pick. Because yeah. then it, it shows you, like, it, you know, sometimes we will get comments like, "You didn't cover this. You didn't cover yeah. that." And so it's like, well, we we almost did. We could have. It's just that yeah. there was so much to choose from, and we yeah. got right, well, we got to so narrow it down. Time. So yeah, I like that idea. If if you like that idea of a lightning round, let us know. Put it in the comments. Yeah. Like and subscribe. Like and click the, the uh, hit that notification <laughs> bell. If you or a loved one enjoyed this podcast, hit that subscribe button. And don't forget about your car warranty. <laughs> it's right. expired. Uh, comment home, down below and let us know. Too. Your home warranty. Don't forget yeah. that, man. You could be levied up to home, massive fines. Home warranties are a scam, right? Oh, like, yeah, okay, okay. All right. I, I just That's assume they know. were. Yes. Yeah. I don't own a home. When it comes so in the mail unsolicited from a company that's not the government, <laughs> yeah, you're probably good. Yeah. yeah. That's good to know. I'll keep that in mind if I ever buy a home when I'm 65. Yeah. We'll go ahead and uh, I do want to mention a couple of things before we sign off. Once again, this podcast is sponsored by ACI Learning, the folks behind IT Pro. I want to give a shout out to them. And if you did want to uh, look into an IT Pro membership, you can use that code TECHNATO30 for a discount. And also, that reminds me, we are actually giving away a free one-year subscription to our IT Pro library. And that is going to be part of that giveaway that I mentioned earlier, that uh, Edutainer's Favorite Things giveaway happening. Once again, you got 12 chances to win, and that is happening on the 12th of December at 2 p.m. So 12-12-12. 12 chances to win, 2 p.m. Should be easy to remember. If not, I don't know, get yourself a planner, write it down. We've also got a couple other things coming up this week. We have a, uh, the day this episode is released, the day this episode is released, I think, we will have a, uh, a webinar, All Things Cybersecurity, with Mr. Daniel Lowry and Bo Bullock. Who oh, is yeah. Jo- yeah? Oh, <laughs> you yeah. looked at me like I committed a Listen, crime when I said no, that. That's good right there. We got <laughs> Bo coming in. Mm-hmm. The dude is a tier one cyber ninja. So, if and especially in, in cloud, dude is a master at cloud security. So, Bring your cloud security questions and ask. But I mean, this is your opportunity to have someone at of this caliber at this level and possibly have your question answered by them yeah. for free the, mm-hmm. for the low, low cost of registering. You know, yeah. it's like, OK, that seems pretty simple. And now I'll go in there, have a really good question ready. And, you, and it's probably going to get put in the chat so that we can ask an answer. Yeah. Yeah, and there is a link to um, register for that if you check out Daniel's LinkedIn and, and look at one of his, uh, it's, it's a recent post that he's yeah. got. He's got the link to go in and register. It'll also be, I think, on our YouTube and our LinkedIn, so you can check it out there as well. That's going to be, once again, Thursday, November 30th, the day this episode is released at 2 p.m., so you don't want to miss that. It's going to be myself, Daniel, and Bo, and we are going to have just a rocking good time, yeah. rocking around the Christmas tree or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. So, something like that. We'll keep it on theme. But I think that is pretty much going to do it. Um, of course, you know that you can check out the rest of our channel for any of those episodes of Technado you might have missed in the past or any of the other webinars that you might have missed that you want to go back and watch. Uh, also watch that space for any updates on that 12 days or uh, the 12 chances to win giveaway that I mentioned. But otherwise, I think that is pretty much going to do it unless I'm forgetting anything else. No? I got nothing. 
I can. All right. I will stop being a motor mouth then. We will go ahead and sign off. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Technado, and we will see you next week.